Welcome to the Talent Exchange. Welcome back. I'm Jess, Head of Marketing at Networks. We connect great talent with fantastic businesses nationwide through intuitive applicant tracking technology and supportive recruitment campaigns. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Will Easton, who is a workplace specialist. With over 15 years experience with roots in facilities management and the built environment industries, Will's projects now transcend across workplace strategy and change management. He joins us today to share his multi-sector experience across public health, banking, fintech, luxury fashion and local government, where he has led various workplace change initiatives and operational assignments. As a thought leader on workplace for organisations navigating times of growth, disruption and transformation, we're excited to welcome Will to the Talent Exchange. So please introduce yourself to the listeners, Will. Hi Jess, thanks for inviting me onto your podcast. Delighted to be here. Yes, I am a workplace specialist and consultant uh, and general subject matter expert. I have a bit of a portfolio career. I'm currently working by splitting my time with the luxury fashion brand Burberry along with a number of other clients through my independent consultancy work where I work with ambitious scale-ups and SMEs looking at workplace strategy, change management and operational delivery relating to the workplace. Fantastic. Thank you, Will, for joining us today. So workplace may seem like a new concept for a number of our listeners, but is actually a really important department that has been gaining momentum in a number of organisations over the last five to 10 years. For those that might be unfamiliar, could you share a little bit more about what workplace is and what it involves? For me, it's the uh, coming together of the physical, the digital and the cognitive space that provide a place for people to work no matter where they are. If you imagine a Venn diagram with corporate real estate, facilities management, human resources and IT, kind of the elements of that Venn diagram, workplace would be the the cross section, the centre point uh, in between all those elements. Workplace is a lever for productivity and it supports an organisation on a cultural level as well with all the services and processes that feed into it. Often you might come from a physical office space environment um, bias for workplace, sometimes from a people and HR perspective, and often workplace is heavily located in the technology camp. But for me, it's kind of a a true amalgamation of, of all those services. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that, Will. So tell me a little bit more about the kind of projects that a workplace specialist might get involved in. What kind of projects would you be working on? It could be something like a office relocation, property ratification project, where the work environment and the way people work is changing drastically. And it's, it's managing that change from a project basis and from a business as usual day-to-day operational point of view. It's providing those services in a kind of coherent and consistent manner. 
That's really, really interesting. And especially after the year we've just faced, we feel like we can all reflect on that um, quite heavily and have had to reflect on that quite heavily over the last 12 to 18 months. So workplace is intrinsically linked to how we perform and feel at work. And this goes way beyond equipment and facilities, like you've said, and expanded into company culture, employee brand values, and how you collaborate with and inspire your peers. So workplace is seen as a cross-functional part of work life. From your experience, Will, how does this work in organisations? Is it challenging to get people on board? Because obviously it's a, for me, it feels like quite a new concept, but for you as a specialist, it'll probably be a concept that's been around for a longer period of time. But are people getting more on board with it recently? Or, Well, I mean, firstly, how does it work in the organisation? That, that's that's a really good question in itself. It, it works on many levels. It could be looking at the, the strategy side, so the real estate strategy, space strategy, ways of working. On a tactical level, it could be dealing with transformation and leading change initiatives. Uh, operationally, the delivery of the workplace is arguably more suited to a traditional facilities management function, either delivering projects or the day-to-day activities supporting the, the colleagues of the workplace. But ultimately, it's about creating the right environment for an organization and the people that make up that entity. It's certainly not a one size fits all solution. We see this so often, you know, prescribed solution first attitudes to, to how things should be done. But each organization is different. So it works slightly different in different organizations. What kind of departments are you working with typically in an organisation when you come in as a workplace specialist on these projects? That all depends. If, if, it, if it's a project, often it could be led from a people or HR perspective and therefore my point of contact within the organisation might be the, you know, the head of HR or, or, or chief people officer. Sometimes it's purely driven from a facilities management, a real estate point of view, which is less to do with the culture. And maybe the culture piece has done, been done separately or it's, it's getting handled with from a slightly different perspective. But if it's involving the facilities management and corporate real estate, they've probably been given the brief from elsewhere in the organisation, from the senior leadership team, CEO, MD, whoever, and they've been asked to, to deliver it. So it does very much vary. It depends, I suppose it depends if it's a, a property-led project or a people-led project. That's really interesting, especially after, like we were saying, the kind of period that we've just been through. Therefore, it, it feels to me like it must be quite a, a topical matter that's risen in priority over the last sort of 18 months. As a concept, you know, workplace has dramatically changed for a lot of a lot of people. You know, we're all working from home. Some people have gotten out a different sort of work environment where it's hybrid. Some people might not go back into the office and, and stick to working from home for the foreseeable or hot desk, which has changed sort of that environment. How, how have you found the last year and, and has it created greater interest and intrigue from, from other organisations for you and your business? Well, firstly, how have I found the last year? Certainly not been easy, but I, I haven't had much to complain about. I think I'm you know, a very adaptable person and I can work from anywhere. 
quite easily. It, it, it doesn't bother me if I'm working from home, working in an office, working from a, a cafe, but I only represent a certain amount of people that, that are like me. Uh, you know, a lot of other people are very much rooted to one place, be it at the office or, or remote. So, so I've, I've been, you know, I've been in a fortunate position with the work that I do, the way that I work, that I've been adaptable to this situation. On a kind of how it's created greater interest and intrigue in workplace, for, for me, I can see that the workplace conversation has really been ramping up for a number of years and it's kind of peaked during this pandemic, for want of a better word. I think last year, I suppose it's been about holding up a mirror to the way we work, both good and bad, but more importantly, the way we live and what the relationship between our work and home life really looks like. So in that respect, it's, I think it's been a, an odd year. It's been quite exciting and quite daunting, um, but ultimately it's incredibly exciting and, and full of opportunity. And this year certainly created a new level of interest outside of the workplace bubble for workplace. I think it's, you know, it's, it's kind of gone through to the public and there's, there's a different kind of conversation being had. It's hitting mainstream media and kind of people are realising its importance and impact to the way they work and the way they live. I think we're all forced to, to change quite dramatically. And I think it, in a lot of cases, proved that there was a lot of great positive things that have come out of, obviously there has been some quite big negatives of the last year, but there's been some great positives about how people can work and how people can be successful and still achieve in the sort of more flexible and hybrid working environment and create a better work-life balance like for themselves and for the organisation they work for, which all around it is a, a strong thing for the employer's point of view because it makes them more attractive, it improves their employer brand, it helps them retain staff for longer. So there is some, some great positives there. With the global pandemic sort of slowly easing, fingers crossed, the concept of workplace is, is set to change again as we sort of embark on this new journey to a new normal. What kind of discussions are you starting to have with your clients now? And, and what do you expect the next you know, few months to look like when you're working on these projects with organisations? Great questions. Well, I think there's been some really important and interesting conversations happening. Unfortunately, sometimes this has kind of been dogged by the, the binary argument on the future of work, working from home, working from the office. But if we cut through that, I think there's some really interesting conversation out there. Often clients are bombarded with prescriptions on how and when to work. And this is usually pushed from a product and solution first point of view by people that seemingly are able to predict the future. You know, the truth is nobody knows what makes companies tick better than those organisations and the people that work in those organisations. So I think as for the next few months, nobody has all the answers and that's perfectly fine, if I'm honest with you. I, I think we need to avoid thinking that when restrictions ease, it's either back to the old way of what we're doing things or this new this new normal, I don't like that term, but this new normal needs to be ready to go from that, from that day. 
organizations are going to be doing a lot more soul searching over the next 12 months before they decide on what they're going to do and how they're going to be doing it. So I think it's really important to note that this isn't the end. This is just the beginning. So do you think that organizations are reflecting on the the traditional way of working and and maybe moving away from just sort of finding a an option that works for the majority and actually starting to look at employees on a more individual basis. We've been talking with some clients about how they're approaching other parts of their HR processes. And they're saying that they're trying to move away from mass assumptions and just doing everything the same consistently for everyone and making it more of a flexible approach and changing those processes more like a jigsaw puzzle and, you know, selecting things that work for the individual and, and where, where you work and how you work and where you're most successful is quite down to the individual. Do you think you're finding that with your clients or? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's certainly coming up in the conversations. I think, you know, the one thing to point out is finding that, that balance between the, what the employee sees as, as flexible and what the employer sees as flexible is kind of really a golden thread that, that, that once you can achieve that, it's, it's, it's fantastic. But a lot of people fall foul to that. You know, bringing flexibility and a hybrid working model in is one thing, but for an organisation, that takes a lot of planning. Not as much planning for the individual themselves because they just get to pick and choose when they want. But if an organisation suddenly is giving teams and departments permissions to use certain work environments and certain space at certain times of the week or the month then then suddenly it's there's a level of flexibility and a hybrid approach but you can only have that flexibility when somebody gives you the permission for that flexibility if that makes sense so i think we need to be we need to be mindful we certainly need to be tailor tailoring the workplace experience to the individual but at the same time we've got to understand that by doing so, we are going to be causing a lot of work for the organisation. And if they don't get those processes in right, they don't get the policies in place, and they don't kind of think of it holistically and, and look at it and take a stand back and, and look how it all works together, that then it's going to become a real mess. And this is kind of where workplace and bringing the, the people function, the real estate function, the facilities function, and, and IT altogether is kind of really essential for any organisation looking at this way. So it must be quite a, a unique conversation for every individual client, because obviously, depending on the sector that you work in or the role that you play, that, that level of flexibility in the way that you operate is vastly different if you're in manufacturing, for example, or compared to being in banking. They are just worlds apart in the way that you operate and where you need to be and what kind of systems and technology that you're using. So that sort of hybrid, it can be switched and, and adopted in so many different ways. So you have to be flexible to understanding that there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach even to workplace. It's still very much a unique specialist service that you're, that you're providing there. 
So although, like we're saying, that workplace culture and values are unique and it is sort of makes the DNA of an organisation, are there any trends or changes that are quite common that people are, you're, you're seeing across the board? You know, what, what kind of things are employees looking for and have expectations changed? I think on the whole, expectations have changed, sometimes massively, sometimes not so much. How, how workplace plays a vital part in an organization's success is a common theme. Certainly, we see headlines, going back to the binary headlines, you know, we will look at extremes of organizations, you know, the, the media will pick up on a, a high profile name and how that company are going to be working in the future will be kind of the be all and end all of the conversation. One side of the extreme, you'll have somebody like Spotify who are talking about high levels of remote flexibility, uh, hybrid working. It's it's all very exciting. It's all you know branded up as as new ways of working. On the other side of the fence, you've got Goldman Sachs, financial institution, very traditional. Want everybody back in the office because they believe that's the place that they will get the most productivity and collaboration and let the company culture grow. So that's they've but they've got their own unique approaches to what to ways of working. But what we seem to forget is there's the hundreds and thousands of companies in between those two extremes that we really need to pay pay close attention to and each one has their own unique DNA and cultural makeup. So I think any common trend is one that really puts the workplace under a microscope and seeing companies reviewing its importance in terms of their own success. That's fascinating, Will. That's it's really interesting. And thank you for sharing some of those polar opposite examples there. But it just shows you that how different organisations are approaching the, the, the scenario and also it'd be interesting to see, you know, if some of those have surveyed their their employees and, and what their employees are feeling and and also to see the difference between different sectors, like I was saying. I think if you've got if you've got people that typically would be sat need to be sat with machinery or manufacturing, it's it's very different to saying that they can suddenly work remotely because they can't, there's that flexibility is not there. It de- depends on the organization and and be interesting to see if they've heard back from their employees about what they're they're feeling because I do think from conversations that I've been having I was quite surprised how many people did want to be back in the office and did want to be be around people after this year of working from home but I think it's the sort of social isolation that we've all felt during this time that has sort of driven us to that place I'm not saying everyone wants to be back there full-time at all hours of the day but I think you know there's there has been some things that have been missed from that sort of environment and it sort of brought that conversation to a head which is really really interesting so for some organizations this concept of workplace marrying culture and facilities might be quite new but with culture and the work environment playing a huge role in like candidate attraction talent retention and a lot of things our listeners will be working on I anticipate this will become quite high on the agenda especially as we've talked about with lockdown easing where would you recommend that people look to start if workplace is something quite new to them? What are the first steps that people should be taking when reviewing the workplace and to better support and understand their organisation and their employees' needs? Great question. I think the, the first place an organisation needs to start is asking its people what they think. Ask those who are with them 
those who have left as well, is the workplace that they're providing, does it give the employees a, that level of productivity, well-being and staff satisfaction? Uh, is there a sense of community and purpose? Does it reflect the culture and the brand? We can then start looking at things like geography and the amenities and who they're trying to attract, but they really kind of need to understand. And this is why I was talking about kind of prescription solutions earlier. They need to avoid having a, a, a square peg round hole solution dropped on them and having the, co the their staff and the whole organization work around that solution. So they really need to kind of get under the skin and, you know, find out what, what the people want and need more importantly. So, and if there's something that doesn't work, own it, acknowledge it, you know, meditate on it and make it better. There's a lot of organizations that will just kind of bury their hand, head in the sand if, if there's something that doesn't support the workplace. But I think they've got to acknowledge that and make those things better, make the changes, be very proactive and positive about that. And I think what's really important is, you know, the majority of us, we spend half our lives at work. So I'm not sure why we would want to avoid making it as harmonious with our life outside work and just make it better for everybody. Do you find that you work when you're working with teams of people, it's great to get people from all different departments. So it's a really cross-functional collaborative working environment. So you get different perspectives for the needs from the wider voices of the organization. Absolutely. I think on a on a level of kind of really understanding how an organization's pulled together, you need to speak to each element. Everybody has to have a voice. And that doesn't mean thousands of people that might be within an organization listing off their wish list of what they want from a workplace, but there needs to be some sort of representation. And, you know, you need to understand it's not just about how individuals work or how teams work, but where are the relationships within those organizations, which departments kind of need to cross pollinate ideas and collaborate and work together which ones can do that remotely? Which ones need less interaction? How is this workplace change going to affect the objectives of the finance department, the legal department, which will all have very different objectives that will be aligned to corporate goals? So it's really important to, to kind of create a mesh and pull them all together and work kind of with one direction rather than, than many different arms and legs what, what these projects can uh, suddenly morph into when people are starting on sort of cultural projects a bit like like this one that you're talking about which it does sort of go into the cultural and social aspects we talk about it taking quite a long period of time because culture takes a long time to develop and to nurture you know how long do you tend to work with your clients what kind of timeframes of projects to, to bring things into fruition because obviously these things are not an overnight change and I'd just be interested to hear what kind of length of projects are, whether people should be ready to anticipate that they're going to go on a journey that might take them 12 months. It's not going to just be a, a three-weeker. I mean, ultimately, they need to spend the time that it deserves. Like you say, if it's, if it's coming from a cultural angle, 
you know, I'm, I'm working with clients where where I'm in, I'm part of their their team, and I'm in, you know, embedded with them for you know twelve months, let's say. But in reality, the you know the the length of the project might only be a few months, but there might be a process of benchmarking, data gathering, kind of just understanding how things work before you can sit down with them and advise on, you know, what the strategy should be going forward. Other cases, clients might actually have quite a clear picture. They might have been, you know, measuring the, these areas for a number of months or a number of years anyway. And therefore, it's all about taking that information, not doing the, on, of course, you'd have to interrogate the, 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 the data behind it, but then converting that into kind of an actionable deliverable, which might be a shorter involvement. But, you know, certainly one thing that, that I would advise that everybody avoids is just making snap judgments and making changes, rushing changes. And as I, I said earlier, that, you know, there, there seems to be a, a, a wave of conversations where when lockdown finally eases, and we, we can all go back to, to doing, you know, whatever we choose to be doing and how we choose to be working. We, we can't use that as an end point. Things don't have to be ready for June the 21st if we stick to that day. That is the beginning. It's not the end. We're going to see a lot more people testing the boundaries and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Now we've, we've had this past I forget how long we've been in the pandemic now, let's just say 16 months. You know, we've done this great experiment. Some things really, really positive, some things, you know, not so positive. But so we, we've done that. We, we've done phase one. We, we now move into phase two where companies have, have got the freedom and the safety net of going back to, you know, a, a, a certain way of working should they wish. So, yeah, it, it, it's... You've got to be in it for the, the the long haul, and ultimately, it should always kind of be in a state of flux. It's always going to change. It's something that should be monitored and altered continually because businesses change all the time. They 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 grow, they shrink, they change direction, their objectives change, and therefore, the workplace, the workplace services, or all, all these things that kind of influence the workplace they're, they're constantly changing and workplace needs to be adaptable flexible and, and change with the organization so it's a continual evolution as opposed to being like a, a stop dead end of a project absolutely it's, it's it's part of an organization just like any other element of an organization it's, it's not something that you just buy in when you need it and and, and hope for the best that's been really, really eye-opening, Will. Thank you so much for sharing all about workplace and sharing some of your experiences. So we'd like to ask a little bonus question at the end of each of our podcasts. And today we're going to ask, what key trend do you think is going to have an impact on talent acquisition and retention in the next sort of six months? Well, I think the, the, key, the key trend for talent retention and acquisition is really going to be about the workplace experience. And that means where people are working, when they're working, that they kind of have a seamless fluidity 
to do the work that, that they want to do. They've got the choice. They've got the flexibility. They've got the freedoms uh, to kind of be, the, be in control of their own environments to a certain respect. And I think all of that will you know, play a huge part in, in organisational success and how they, they attract and retain talent. Especially if if you know we're looking at uh, new ways of working, you know what's really going to set a, a company apart from it, its competitors. I think this year a lot of candidates or people who've been looking at potentially changing roles, etc., have had also a lot of time to reflect on on the experience that they've had over the last twelve to eighteen months, and what what matters to them where where you know like you said where they want to work how they want to work the flexibility that they need to get that better work life balance and i think what you're saying there with that trend is is really important because it's not just about how the employee feels it's about what the employer puts out there to attract those people and to retain their existing staff members when when things have eased and people feel a bit more like they can freely move around or maybe change roles that will become one of the factors that people look at just like salary etc how how the workplace operates will be one of those core factors now in people's decisions. Yeah, and I suppose, uh, you know, nobody wants to commute for an hour and then sit in a dismal office and not talk to anybody and not have the variation and alternative space and, you know, the, the chance to collaborate effectively and socialise and be educated. I think it's really important as well. I think a lot of people ignore kind of the education factor for work and I think you know bringing up that all together that that's going to make it far more appealing place I mean who wants to spend eight hours sat at a desk writing emails oh thank you so so much for joining us today Will it's been absolutely brilliant and really eye-opening for me and probably many of the listeners too so thank you thank you Jess it's been an absolute pleasure We hope you enjoyed today's episode on the evolution of workplace and we hope you'll join us on our other podcast too where we share insights, top tips and discussions on the latest HR and recruitment trends. For more information about Will and the role of workplace in supporting your organisation's growth and change initiatives, make sure to connect with Will Easton on LinkedIn. To find out more about what networks are up to and how we are supporting over 450 clients nationwide to attract, engage, manage and onboard top talent, head over to networksolutions.co.uk. Until next time.